the party is indeed back as the Cowboys and the Cardinals set to take on, uh, getting it on, I should say, in Canton, Ohio for the Hall of Fame game. And let's be honest, we've been looking forward to this since LeBron and the Cavs uh, pathetically walked off the court as they lost to the uh, Golden State Warriors. We've been looking for some real action for a long, long time. Couldn't have come at a better time because, let's face it, there is like nothing going on in the world of sports. At least not anything that's worthy enough to be talked about. But there are still some points. Remember what I said earlier in our first broadcast? I said, if you can talk about sports in July and August, you can talk about sports anytime because it is what we call the dead period. Welcome to another edition of the Sports Rotation. You are in the rotation with Justin Butler. And in case you weren't aware of it, my site is finally back up. So you can go ahead and check out the site, the sportsrotation.squarespace.com. Again, that's the sportsrotation.squarespace.com. A lot of interesting articles on there, and you can listen to the podcast as well. So make sure that you go ahead and check it out so I can get some traffic actually flowing in through there. A lot of stuff to get into um, in this particular edition. Uh, remember what I said, it's not easy trying to scour through and find some stories. But it there are stories that are out there to be talked about. And what I wanted to talk about, first of all, is a story that just can't seem to lose any traction whatsoever. Kyrie Irving. We cannot get enough of you, Kyrie. Who knew that so many people love talking about Kyrie Irving? We didn't talk about him this much with the, the crazy year that he had uh, the past year when um, him and the, uh, the Cavaliers with LeBron, as they were just rolling through the Eastern Conference on their way to the championships. We didn't talk about him, not one bit really, aside from when they were the few games that they lost. We needed somebody to place the blame on. And we know that LeBron isn't going to shoulder any type of blame. He's just going to kind of uh, put that to the side or put that on the shoulders of, Le of Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving whenever he had a chance to call them out. And many people would just follow through because it's the easy thing to do. But let's give it up for Kyrie Irving. Who knew that Kyrie Irving was a Jedi Master Mind Trick player? I mean, think about it. People are talking about how crazy Kyrie is for, for wanting to leave. They've been talking about this for the better part of a month and a half. People are saying, oh, he's getting paid. He's getting paid $20 million. He's playing with the best player in the world. Playing on a championship team. He's won a championship. Playing with LeBron. What more could he possibly want? What more could he possibly need? Hey, look at all of the, uh, he doesn't have to pick up any defensive assignments. LeBron James or, or Shump, they pick up those defensive assignments. And basically, he's in the perfect situation. Well, kudos to Kyrie for controlling the narrative without really saying anything. Because I haven't seen a microphone put in front of Kyrie Irving's face since that, uh, the whole entire thing with the uh, them losing to the Golden State Warriors. I haven't heard anything from Kyrie except for his I'm coming home 
rendition that he had recently last week, or maybe that was two weeks ago. But he's really controlling the narrative. The narrative being that playing with LeBron James is the end-all, be-all. But LeBron, I mean, let's let's take it a step back because LeBron has had a, kind of a, a rough week. You, you had Jordan who was speaking out against them, saying that uh, you need to pass Kobe Bryant before you can even talk about being in the same stratosphere as myself. Because five beats three. I love that line, five beats three. But um, you had Steph Curry who was calling out LeBron, or not really calling him out, but making fun of him on a video when he was at a wedding. Um, Steph Curry, who's now being referred to as Stephlon because nothing sticks to him by Callan Cowherd. Love that name. That's very good. And it's also interesting that Carmelo Anthony... Now, you think about the year that Carmelo had having to deal with Phil Jackson, having to deal... Uh, to be the face of a franchise that isn't going anywhere, hasn't been going anywhere for years, and let's face it, Melo's partly to blame for that. Not partly, he's a big reason why. He doesn't play a lick of defense, and he takes terrible shots. But even Melo is coming out saying that he is not willing to be traded to Cleveland, to play with his good friend, his banana boat friend, LeBron James. So all of these people who are speaking out against Kyrie Irving, you really got to give it up to him because he's kind of changing the way we view LeBron James. Well, how, how is that, you might be thinking? Well, think about it. We're, we're, because LeBron has won his championships, now he's looked at as this guy who he can recruit players, he can put together a team, um, He's, he's more of a closer now, even though Kyrie was the one who was closing games when they won the championship in Cleveland. But that's not been the narrative that's been surrounding LeBron James. There's been nothing but positives. You know, he, he makes guys better. He brings teams together. But Kyrie is really making people, a lot of people, stop and think, why doesn't he want to play with LeBron? What is so bad about playing with LeBron? I mean, you do think that it's kind of telling Melo. Melo should be trying to ring chase. Well, at least according to other people, he should be ring chasing. Because he's in the the latter stages of the prime of his career. Let's face it. uh, Melo has been the player that he was always going to be the past six, about six years ago. The Melo that you get now is the same Melo that you had back then. The guy hasn't changed. So why isn't a lot of more people coming out and saying, or why are so many people, I should say, coming out and taking all of these shots at LeBron? It seems like LeBron is kind of taking a step down as far as his status among the league. Seems like a lot of people are tired of LeBron controlling everything. He controlled things as far as leaving the Miami Heat leaving that team just in tatters because that team was terrible the way that he left them. Controlling the narrative of getting rid of Andrew Wiggins for Kevin Love. Controlling the narrative of putting together the right pieces around him. I think a lot of people are just tired of LeBron James having all of this control. And 
really you, you start to look at what has been created around LeBron. We think about him putting together these teams, but he hasn't really been putting together these teams. When he was looking at his situation in Miami, he made the obvious choice. Dwayne Wade had, for a couple of years now, he had already lost a step, which makes me even more angry that my, my team, the Chicago Bulls, went out and signed him to that contract. Not that it was any more ridiculous than the other contracts that were being given out. Alan Crabb, over $70 million. Evan Turner, $70 million. Uh, what's that Johnson boy who plays for the Heat? What what do he make? Like over fifty million? I know you're listening, James. So there are a lot of ridiculous contracts that were being given out. So I can't really get on the Bulls so much for that. But LeBron James looked at the situation and he controlled his own destiny. He's been doing that for the past I don't know how many years, where he kept taking these one or two year contracts, deciding when he's going to re up keeping what he says ownership on their toes to make sure that they are willing to go out and put together a team worthy of being spearheaded by him. Now, obviously, those aren't his words. I'm paraphrasing, really. But that's the mindset. LeBron wants the control. He wants everybody wondering what he's going to be doing. He wants all eyes on him. Well, now the eyes are on you. Why doesn't Kyrie want to play with a player, the best player in the world, who is still in his prime. But it does make you think about this whole entire uh, aspect of LeBron being able to build championships or players wanting to come and play with him, I should say. Tristan Thompson, who was big for them uh, two years ago. Tristan Thompson was on the team. LeBron didn't have anything to do with that. Shump and, and J.R. Smith, traded for. Kevin Love, traded for. Kyrie, well, you decided to go and play with Kyrie. All of these people saying that Kyrie is nowhere near as great of a talent as he thinks that he is. Think about that. The greatest player in the world who could have gone and played in any team with any players that he wanted to chose Kyrie. Why? Skill recognizes skill. But it's very interesting. We keep thinking about all of these players wanting to come and play with him. When really, when, when LeBron was in Cleveland for the first time, he couldn't recruit anybody. LeBron had to leave and go join up with Bosh and D-Wade in Miami. He couldn't get anybody to come join him in Cleveland, but that's not the narrative that we see that's not the narrative that LeBron James has controlled or has got us to thinking. We think about him being this great recruiter and getting all of these people to want to play with him. Well, you're getting the lesser in talent to come and play with you. You're getting Kyle Corver to come and play with you. Richard Jefferson. Those guys who are who are just chasing rings and, and can't do it by themselves. Yeah, they're willing to come play with you, but why isn't any other major big time talent talking about going and joining up with LeBron. It's even more interesting, why do we hear about LeBron wanting to join LA, but you don't hear about other major stars wanting to go and join LeBron in LA? 
makes you kind of wonder, what's the real narrative? Why is it that LeBron James is so difficult to play with from Kyrie Irving's standpoint? So good for Kyrie for controlling the story, and he's not even saying a word. Now, speaking of controlling the story, I wish in the NFL and its owners would just come out and just start calling people's bluff. I mean, all these people saying that they're going to boycott watching the NFL if Colin Kaepernick is signed. I, I really wish I would have people or see people coming out and, and, and actually put that to the test. Let, let's see if people are willing to put their money where their mouth is. Come out and boycott the NFL. Let's, let's see you boycott this Hall of Fame game that's coming out tonight where none of the major players are playing, even though I'm looking forward to Jordan Lewis and Taco Charlton playing for my Cowboys. You are not going to see any impact players playing in this game. I would love to have, to have had Colin Kaepernick sign with a team so we could see if people are going to actually put up or shut up and decide, oh, I'm going to uh, put my, my, my love for the flag over my love for football. I mean, I haven't seen the movie Concussion. From what people say, it was very enlightening, very eye-opening as far as uh, having people understand just what NFL players go through and the effects of concussions on people's health. That's not stopping people from watching football. And it's not like it's stopping anybody from rooting for their favorite players. Bad conduct among their favorite players is not stopping people from watching their favorite players or watching the league. You got, you got people who've killed people. Ray Lewis. I don't know how you got off of that. You got people who beat on women. You got people who have uh, gotten involved with dog fighting. You got people who have abused children. That has not stopped the NFL from being the most powerful um, sports organization in the United States at all. Hasn't missed a beat. And they had pictures. You had pictures of Adrian Peterson and the bruises that he left on his kid. Not that I'm against beating your child, but there is... There is a, a point where you do take it a little bit too far. But you have pictures of it. You have pictures of Ray Rice, or not pictures, you have video of Ray Rice and what he did. And you had the league's uh, failure in, in following through and making sure that he was adequately punished initially. Not that they needed to continue to ban him and just kick him out of football. But you, you had the video that did not stop anybody from watching one NFL game. People want to try to say that the NFL cares about its causes. The NFL cares about making money. But as far as this whole entire threat that people think that they can make to the NFL and saying, oh, I'm not going to watch football anymore. Well, let me, let me just ask you. What was the Braves-Dodgers score last night? Yeah, you don't know because you weren't watching. Because you were waiting for, you were praying that somehow time moved, moved forward. Like just like you, you, you went to sleep and you just woke up and oh, football was on. Because everybody's looking forward to this Hall of Fame game. So don't sit there and tell me that, oh, 
I I just I there's no way that I could ever watch it if he ever if Colin Kaepernick ever receives another job in the NFL. Look at the disrespect that he showed for this country. No, 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 no. Don't be a hypocrite. You guys know that the minute that he went out there, I even with with the the, the Miami Dolphins, Ryan Tannehill just went down with a knee injury when. The 49ers and Colin Kaepernick was on that team. And Colin Kaepernick was wearing a Castro shirt. The people of Miami hate Castro. The people of Miami would embrace Colin Kaepernick. Part of that is because Castro is dead. But they know what kind of quarterback they have. They would take him in a minute. Especially if if it meant that they didn't have to watch... Matt Moore, like, oh gosh, Matt Moore. Do you understand how bad the quarterbacking situation was in Miami once Tannehill went down? And Tannehill is a terrible quarterback. But if if Tannehill is terrible, I don't know what that makes Matt Moore. But I was on a cruise ship. I was I was actually on my first cruise. Do you know how hard it is to make a group of people unhappy on a cruise ship? On a cruise ship. And those people had already paid for buckets loads of alcohol. And I've never seen so many angry people in my life. You know why they were angry? They were watching Matt Moore stink up the joint in Heinz Field as the Dolphins were playing the Steelers. Not that the Steelers were playing that much better. But good grief. You don't think that the the, uh, Miami Dolphins fans would embrace Colin Kaepernick given the situation of their quarterbacks right now, come off it. Another interesting thing that was brought out was this whole entire thing with Michael Jordan. I love Michael Jordan. Anytime he could take shots at anybody, he just does it. It doesn't even matter if the person is someone who matters, like LeVar Ball is talking. I'm going to take a shot at him. Oh, what did he average? Uh, uh, Oh, he played college ball? What do you? I didn't know he played college ball, averaging two point six points a game. I love that. I didn't know he played college ball, but you knew exactly how many points per game he scored. But I love watching or hearing Jordan just go after people during um, his speeches, just going after people, going after LeBron again, like everybody else. I feel like Jordan is tired of LeBron controlling. The narrative, controlling the situation. Part of that is probably jealousy because Jordan didn't have nearly as much power and there wasn't like the social media that existed during Jordan's playing career. But he came out and said, look, if I had to choose between Kobe and I had to choose between LeBron, I'm taking Kobe because five beats three. Now for all of those people who are saying, well, 11 beats six, Hold on just a minute, because Jordan has come out repeatedly saying that Bill Russell was the greatest of all time because of the 11 championships. He is on record as saying that several times. So people trying to say, oh, well, you must be saying that Bill Russell is better than you. Actually, Jordan has already said that Bill Russell was better than him. Now, it doesn't matter if Jordan believes it or not. I doubt that he does because Jordan would have to be crazy in the head to believe that Bill Russell was better than him. But Jordan 
recognizes the importance of winning those championships. Jordan recognizes a player who has a killer instinct when it comes to just beating the crap out of his opponents. Putting them down. That killer mentality, as much as we talk about LeBron James and his athletic gifts and and whatnot, I don't think that Jordan sees that same exact killer mentality as he sees in Kobe. Now, is that part of him looking at the past and and looking at Kobe and saying or, or, or appreciating how much a Kobe patterned his game after his? I'm sure that is the case. But we look at like player empowerment. Well, Kobe was already doing that. He was threatening to go play with the Clippers when they were the Clippers. Not the Clippers of the day, but the Clippers. What was that? Back in 2000, 2003, 2004, I believe. Threatening to go play with the Clippers. He was either the Clippers or Phoenix. But he wasn't having it because of the talent that it was on his team. He called out management, was calling out everybody. General manager, management, everybody. Called out management for Andrew Bynum. And surprisingly, I didn't realize how correct he was because Kobe wanted to have Jason Kidd over Andrew Bynum. And there was a possibility that that could have happened. And we all saw the work ethic that um, Andrew Bynum has, and now he's not. I don't even know if people even remember who Andrew Bynum was with the championships that he won, and as integral as a part as he was, I don't think the majority of people even have a a brief memory about Andrew Bynum. But Kobe had that same mentality as Jordan, and I get what what Jordan is trying to say. He's trying to say, look, before you put him in the same sentence as me. He's got to first pass that other guy that just retired not that long ago. You know that other guy named Kobe Bryant? Yeah, that dude. You got to be in the same conversation with that dude and surpass that guy before you can say that you're in my league. But I just love it. I love people just not backing down. I wish the NFL owners would do the same. Just don't back down. I wish all NFL owners were like my, my favorite team's owner, Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones would get Kaepernick right now if his team needed to. But he doesn't have to because he has the best backup quarterback in the league to ever play the game, Tony Romo. Yeah, that's right. I said it. Don't think that if something happens to um, Dak Prescott, Tony Romo's not going to leave that Fox booth and jump back in the game. But that, that to me, is the only reason why uh, Jerry hasn't gone out of his way to look into getting Kaepernick. Can you imagine that? Kaepernick on America's team with everything that's surrounding Zeke Elliott right now. You putting Kaepernick on that team right now? Oh, that would be glorious. But anyway, those are all the thoughts that I have for today. Um, I'm enjoying, you know, it's funny. I, I can admit this now. I do enjoy watching um, watching The Undisputed with Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp with the TV turned down. Because with the TV turned down, you don't have to listen to anything. You can still see the theatrics. I can still tell that there's nonsense coming out of Shannon Sharp's uh, mouth just by looking at his face, his bewildered face. 
his confused face, wondering what he's going to say next that is going to stupefy America. But anyway, I hope you enjoyed this edition of the Sports Rotation. Thank you for being in the rotation with me. Remember, go ahead and check out my website, the thesportsrotation.squarespace.com. Again, that's the sportsrotation.squarespace.com. Thanks for listening. James, be talking to you soon. Later.